Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
um, your ah, Unarius event. Uh, I posted a mark gauge update, so um, I'm going to be doing that on a regular basis. So if you have anything happening, if, as long as you let me know by the end of the month, the following month I will advertise it at least once, hopefully uh, you know more than that. And uh, um, I will also be doing something I started with the theurgist and the theosophist, where I focus on a different person. Uh, every week and post all the links oh. and this way people can uh, you know uh, if they're curious they can uh, pursue the links uh, more often than when the person is on a show so um, uh, I if, if you send me these things I will uh, promote them uh, out there and uh, of course like with anything else we'll work, work on it until it works uh, perfectly uh, but we've already started so to let you know and uh, in October, I will be starting my public uh, speaking again at uh, local libraries. So yeah. at that point, I'll have the table as well. So we can start putting things on the table so that people can uh, um, take them. And uh, Nick, one of the things I'm starting in the uh, Creskill Library is uh, um, we're starting an event that has retro science fiction and also um, UFO and celestial spirituality and science wow. fiction, all in the Fantastic. same event. That's great so I'm going to invite you, and uh, I'll put you on the speakers list, too, uh, so you can talk about the DNNY uh, and or uh, the Uranti Book Society. So uh, you and I will talk about that in the near future. Much, much appreciated. That is, that is terrific you're doing that. That's going to outreach to more people. Thank you so much for that. Wow, that's You're great, welcome. Hercules. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That, that's so very gracious of you. And uh, for Nick, my goodness, Nick, that's that's fantastic. And, and you know, as if as Hercules didn't have enough things to do, you know, I mean, this guy <laughs> is unbelievable. As you know, Michael and Diane, Hercules oh, is nonstop. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, well uh, Hercules. People like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hercules, uh, how many yeah. um, of the CDs would you like us to send? We're getting, well, we have a brochure made, a new one for you, and we'll make copies, oh, and we're going to get the um, CDs. But how many would you like us to send you um, to begin with? Comfortable with? The way I, I do it with, like, let's say, uh, uh, Unarius is uh, they send me stuff, and then when I run low, I just let them know. And uh, so whatever you feel comfortable sending, 25 maybe, 30. Oh, uh, no problem. Great, We've great. got and a we'll box of 400. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Okay, so we'll just we'll see how they go, and then I'll just let you know, and we'll, we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks, Hercules. You know, we have uh, – we'll send the CDs. Uh-huh. We have, we have um, an 8.5 by 11 kind of a flyer of uh, Gabriel's Worldwide Religion of Love. It uh, has on it, uh, you know, people can sign up if they email us. They can sign up for our uh, biweekly newsletter called uh, Gabriel's Messages of Love for the World. Uh, Truth, excuse me, Uh, (laughs) Venus's Love. Uh, Gabriel's Messages of Truth for the World. That's our biweekly newsletter. So that on there it says uh, how people can sign up for a free digital subscription or what have you. We have our... Uh, we have our YouTube address and my my CD Baby uh, artist page information. Uh, so we have the CDs, we have the the flyer, brochure slash brochure is already. And also, I'd like to 
to know, Hercules, if it would be okay if we send you some of our uh, Urantia book uh, brochures. It's called Discover the Urantia book. It's kind of a, you know, an advertisement for people discovering and reading the Urantia book, and it has, uh, you know, the fellowship website on it. Th- these are flyers that I made up based on other, <clears throat> you know, other general flyers that people in the Urantia movement make up. Uh, and when I first that, that made up, would that be okay then? Okay. Yeah, that would be fantastic. So, so how many uh, brochures uh, of each you think we should start out with? Maybe like twenty or something? Oh, or what do you more think? than yeah. that, surely. If we start with thirty uh, of everything, yeah. we'll see what goes, and then we'll know. Great. Uh, and uh, when I come to speak at Nick's Disclosure Network, I can bring these things there too. Great. Uh, Absolutely, sure. The information table wherever I'm speaking. Now, would you prefer like a a, a, a two-fold brochure? Or a three-fold brochure, or just like a eight and a half by eleven flyer is good. I mean, how, how much space, you know, do you have, and what we what should we do for size, you know? Well, I've never had difficulty with uh, people giving me a table to put the uh, uh, the flyers and the brochures and things uh, on. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, okay. it, it's usually like a standard t- sized uh, you know, table, either uh, uh, four foot, six foot, or eight foot. Uh, oh, and then okay. put okay. things out accordingly. So if I have less space, I'll put out less of everything. But I, I generally will fit something on. Nick's actually seen uh, an, an information table, and he manned it, actually, during Mythic Atlantis. So he can tell you there's a lot of right. stuff you know, on there. Right. So uh, I make sure that everybody has a place on the table. Well, that's, By that's the way, that nice. was a lot of fun. I met yeah. some great people there, and we got to talk, and uh, – um, Manning that table was a lot of fun, Joe. I just want to let you know that. I had a good time. Oh, <laughs> you're so lucky. You get to do things with Hercules. <laughs> yeah, I was Absolutely. just thinking that. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Wouldn't it be great for Diane and I to do some speaking about the, Something. you know, about the 10-year plan or magisterial mission or worldwide religion of love? You know, it would be so fantastic. <laughs> and I'm sure... I have a suggestion, uh, guys, just so that you know. I mean, you are in California, and Hercules is in New Jersey, and I'm in New York City. But a lot of times when I have speakers for Disclosure Network New York for our meetings, um, and they're they're very distant, like, for instance, Hawaii or or London or whatever, we do Uh it uh, through the Internet, and we bought a uh, video projector and a screen, and so it's live, and I'm just thinking it wouldn't take much for you guys to do something similar to that. Mm, That's wow. a great idea. Okay. Well, we'll think about that. Thank you. Thank you so That's much. That's a great idea. Thank you for I those great ideas. I met the library representatives today and, uh, to you know, basically schedule. We're going to start in October, and uh, it'll be the same day each uh, month, and it'll be like two hours, and uh, um, we're going to fit this in two hours. The um, Unarius folks uh, gave me permission to use their movie, uh, The Arrival. Oh. So oh, we're going to be oh, showing wow. that during one of these uh, uh, things. And also with uh, Starfleet, uh, uh, we're going to occasionally be running meetings or events there too. So it'll be a little different uh, every time. But Nick, that's oh. an excellent idea. And what oh. we can do is uh, uh, we can set that up there and maybe arrange to have uh, uh, Michael and Dan uh, talking on the other end of the line. Oh, also, there's some people in my group that are amazing. You know, that's another way 
to get them to do an hour or hour and a half talk to your groups there in New Jersey. And I think we could somehow work that out. So I'm just putting that on the table that that, that would be an amazing way of getting some uh, great speakers uh, such as Diane and Michael and others to address the group. And, and so there you go. It's not that technically crazy to do that either. It's fairly no. simple. You know, we also just thinking uh, off the top of my head here. We've got uh, we've got a number of videos uh, on your Rancho Book talks, and we have some other videos. We could even send you a video, and you could play a little video clip or something like that if you had time. You know, during, okay, during sure. like a during like a sh- we'll have a few you know, telephone conversations, and we'll uh, make it happen. Yes, um, Michael and I were invited to join the Rancho University. And we were really excited about doing that. We did that for over two years. Yes, we were on the wonderful. We were on the board of directors for two years for Urantia University. This is uh, this was in that transition period uh, when they lost a couple of key people, uh, and then we came in. We came in uh, to be, you know, on the board of directors, but also the education committee. And what we were, what we were to do was to uh, help create. Uh, a video, you know, video teaching, uh, and then and then later on, you know, they would develop like a chat room or or blog form or something like that. Uh, but it was then that, uh, you know, we were all brainstorming about how, what would be the most effective videos for like a course, like a topical course or an overview wow. course for your Ancha book. So uh, we started making some of our own little videos mm-hmm. to be submitted for ideas for. You know, of course, they wanted to brand them, but but these turned out to be, you know, these turned out to be kind of in our style, and we have mm-hmm. we have a number of them. A couple yes, of them are. Yes, we have those. They're available. A couple of them are on YouTube. You can check them out on YouTube first right. if you want to. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, you know, we've we've got some other videos too, and we can make videos if, you know, if there's a like a sharing time or an interface sharing, we could even make a video, uh, giving a little overview, maybe like a five minute video or something overview uh-huh. of Gabriel's worldwide religion and what's happening uh sure. introducing ourselves things like that you know we could we could be creative right well that would be awesome that sounds wonderful um fellas i wanted to read the poem for the month and okay. this one again is from one of our urantia readers donna courier whalen and of course we know her she's a, just a darling beautiful Beautiful lady, blonde, (laughs) just gorgeous. And uh, this poem is called Modern Mermaid. And I thought it was aptly appropriate because we've been really talking to Poseidon for quite a while now, and, and he's been giving me some private talks during the week. Now, I do want to mention, too, that he told us this last time, even though he's called Emmanuel, uh, and he's also, now that's in the Arantia book, Emmanuel, but he's also been called Poseidon for the Greek, but he prefers the name of Neptune, for us to call him Neptune. So I thought I would read the Modern Mermaid poem by Donna Currier Whalen, and this is how it goes. <laughs> oh man, can't you but wonder what brought her here to thee? What wind, what tide, what current has caused her to be free? 
She's free, and you can see now. She's free from past constraints. She's washed up on your shore, man. What now are your complaints? Wipe the dimness from your eyes, sir. Unbuckle your heart from fear. Be ready to clasp her to yourself and dry her every tear. And that was by Donna Currier Whalen. And uh, she is just a beautiful poet, and I'm hoping that she'll send me lots more poems. Uh, she sent a special one that she has written for October for us. So we'll wait for that one. <laughs> That's beautiful. Diane, does she have a website or something that p- people might want to visit? Well, I will uh, find out. Uh, okay. I, I communicate with her. And I will find out for you, Nick, and I'll let you know. Well, her poems um, her poems are written in a book by Betty Cummings Star Cummins, excuse me, by Betty Cummins Star Joyal, J O Y A L. She's the editor and publisher of this book that uh, it's called Today's Best Poets, and it has three of Donna's. Uh, you know, three of Donna's poems in there, but yeah, we'll find out. Yes, sure, sure, yes. We'll find uh, out. She and her husband, um, Larry, they made these little uh, spiritual vitamin uh, things that we were talking to you about a while back. They're like oh, a little yes. scroll, and uh, they have a saying of the Urantia book on them, and they're rolled up and then secured like with a little rubber band, and then they're put in a vitamin bottle. So it's a really clever thing, and from what I understand, the Arantia Foundation purchased that idea from Larry and Donna and wow. now put it out from the foundation, the little bottles, the spiritual yeah. vitamins from the Arantia book. Yeah, they were the originators, mm-hmm. Donna and yeah. Larry. Yes. And, and uh, guys, I wanted to, because uh, we, we talked, Nick, about love. We yes. talked about all of the various themes of love in the Arantia book. I wanted to make sure that we, uh, you know, that we explore that theme because, Nick, you said you have uh, a number of uh, quotations from the Arantia book, and um, I wanted to start it off by saying, uh, and this is what a a number of Arantia book readers have said uh, in, you know, various study groups and during various talks that we've heard, that uh, one of the most poignant sentences in the Arantia book, has three words in it, <laughs> and it's God is love. <laughs> yep, yep. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. <laughs> so, so tell us, Nick, what uh, what have you found out? Um, I have uh, one, one. The first thing I've got for you guys and for the uh, listeners at home uh, is the very first sentence of the Arantia book dealing with love. And also the very last sentence of the book, Dealing with Love. I thought that would be kind of an interesting thing to do. And as I did a search, love is permeated all over the book. The book is loaded with the words (laughs) love and and messages about love. It goes – I'm sure it's in the hundreds of of sentences or paragraphs uh, dealing with the subject of love in various ways. Um, And before we go, I just want to dedicate this – these beautiful um, quotes about love uh, to to someone who we all love very much and just graduated 
and that is a, a man, an incredible man, a longtime Urantiable greeter named oh. John Coslin. Yes. And Michael yes. and Diane, John. do you know who he is? Oh, we know him very yeah. well. We we had a most wonderful dinner with him and his wife and just explored so many things together. Um, this was at uh, Techni Towers in Chicago. 2000. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's been a few years, but uh, we just loved John so much, and we listened to his beautiful lecture. We had a workshop we had to do right before his, so we got right into his afterward, just made it, and uh, heard his wonderful lecture on um, the astronomy and cluing in the Arantia book, you know, to it, which we're trying to do. And we were, we actually contacted John, but we never got a reply because, of course, what has happened. Yeah, yeah, it was recent. Uh, yeah. yeah. But he was he the one that. About a week ago or yeah, so. And, uh, it was a shock because uh, I, I've talked to people. Mm-hmm. Like his mm-hmm. dear friend um, Ken Kaiser from uh, from uh, Chicago, and and, uh-huh. and they all were very 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 close to John, and and saw him right up to the almost the very very end, and so wow. it was a shock oh, to everybody because he's a jogger, he's healthy, yes, he's, yes, I he's an amazing amazingly healthy uh, guy, and uh, uh-huh. it was just a shock that he graduated when he did. But uh, anyhow, everybody tro- totally loved. John Coslin and, yes, uh, and his wife. He has the most beautiful wife. We just had such a good time with her. I haven't ever met her, but I, I would have liked to have and still do, still would. Um, uh-huh. so, so it was a bit of a shock. Uh, John, for those that people who don't shock. know him, uh, always brought a huge telescope or two uh, yeah. to the various gatherings and let people look through the telescope at night and uh, and told us about what we were looking at in the heavens. And it was yeah. always such a pleasant, wonderful experience oh, yeah. to be with him and look through his telescopes. And his lectures, as Michael and Diane have said, were oh, amazing. Yes. And uh, his, his lectures, every one of them was totally packed with people. You couldn't get a chair in the room. There were so many people there because he was so known for his wonderful talks about the cosmos and how it relates to the Urantia book. So I just want to give a, a, a special salute to a very wonderful and loving, loving man. Okay, here well, we go. The um, first... Yeah, oh, go we were trying to contact him because uh, we were saying that Venus was Jerusalem. And I'm sorry that we things did not work out. Are we echoing? Is it? I heard yeah. an echo. Yeah. Yes, there's an echo here on the board too. Hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, you know the other thing, part of this, guys, is that he was on my short list because I wanted him to be uh, on my podcast, one of my upcoming podcasts for the Urantia book. Uh-huh. And I wanted to contact him and ask him if he would do that. That's why, again. No, he was he was uh, very high up on the list of people I was going to ask, and so again, yeah. you know, it was just one of those things that you never could be prepared really for that. Uh, but we all know that he is in a special place and going through an amazing journey, uh, continuing on. So we we just wish him all the love uh, that oh, that he deserves, which is meant much. Yeah, let's. Um, let's I'm going to read then, if you if you will, yeah. the uh, the first quote. From the Arantia book, uh, dealing with the subject of love. It's just a sentence, but it's interesting. Here we go. Divinity is creature comprehension as truth, beauty, and goodness, correlated in personality as love, mercy, and ministry, disclosed on impersonal levels as justice, 
power and sovereignty. Interesting. And this yeah, is the this is the very last quote in the Arantia book dealing with the subject of love. And here it is. And God consciousness is equivalent to the integration of the self with the universe and on its highest levels of spiritual reality. Only the spirit content of any value is imperishable. Even that which is true, beautiful, and good may not perish in human experience. If man does not choose to survive, then does the surviving adjuster conserve those realities born of love and nurtured in service. And all these things are a part of the universal father. The father is living love, and this life of the father is in his sons, and the spirit of the father is in his son's sons, mortal man. When all is said and done, the father idea is still the highest human concept of God. They take your breath away, don't they? Oh, it does. It does. You know, uh, Nick, you mentioned truth, beauty, and goodness. Uh, in the oh, yeah. first, uh, the first reading, um, we have a wonderful friend, Jeffrey Waddles. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have uh, not. No. Yeah, we met him in um, uh, when we were at. Uh, let's see, we were in Massachusetts doing a workshop, and we met Jeffrey, and oh. he wrote a book called Truth, Beauty, and Goodness. Living in Truth, Beauty. Living and in Truth, Beauty, and Goodness. Great title! Wow. Yes, and uh, we asked. And we said, well, you know, your book is so fabulous. Uh, we're doing the worldwide religion of love. Do you have some ideas to help us? Because we'll be forming this in the next few months. And then, of course, um, we have Gabriel and Mother Venus who will be uh, putting out some of these ideas, too. But still, we have to do part of that. And he sent back uh, some very kind words, and uh, but also said, he said, think about doing something in a more scientific way uh, with your religion. What exactly do you think he meant, Michael? What What was he talking about? Do you uh, know? He said incorporate uh, scientific living into your lifestyle scientific approach. Scientific living, that's right. Into your lifestyle approach. Yes, yes. But uh, he is a rancher reader and uh, uh, very, very prominent in his, with his books and everything. He's a teacher, professor. But he's also a minister of sorts because he has uh, he has uh, what's called the gospel school, and uh, what he does is he sets up a forum uh, for people to to gather, so to speak, uh, you know, to support each other and support what people might be going through, what friends and others might be going through. There's prayer that uh, you know people say that they'll pray for for those individuals. So I think through his ministry, he's showing. He's showing that love uh, through his his approach, his his truth, beauty, and goodness approach. He's showing that that uh, love of humanity through his service. Of course, and, uh, of course. You know, and God God's ministry, so to speak, is rooted in love. I think, uh, as we can attest with the Arantia book, and certainly Diane and I feel it mm-hmm. because the Universal Father has has been to uh, been to our home. He's been with us, talked with us. Mm-hmm. We have felt his love. Oh, as a matter we of fact, yeah. as a matter of fact, uh, there was one time uh, he was t- he was visiting with us and talking with us, 
and he held out his arms to us. Yes, we were very Whoa. close. We were sitting right almost next to him, and he was right in front of us, and he wanted us to keep getting closer <laughs> closer, and uh, put out his arms, and it was such a beautiful, beautiful wow. laugh. Well, I just got a chill. Wow! Wow! <laughs> well, uh, th- this was this was really uh, this was one of the one of the first times that we really had a an interview with him by himself. Usually, it's a team meeting, you know, but he wanted to come by himself. But we have it somewhere. I, did we record it? Yes, we, it's recorded. It is recorded. But we put him in the throne chair. That's where he said he wanted to sit, in the King Tut throne chair. And then uh, he wanted us to bring two chairs up really close to him. And, you know, we we generally don't want to get too close because we don't know what's going on, you know. (laughs) But uh, he kept saying, no, come closer. And we kept moving our chairs up closer. I mean, it was really funny. uh, Till we were just uh, probably almost touching knees. And then he put his arms out to us and... He was he was almost in tears. You don't see tears. He was trying to give us love. I mean, he uh, I had gone through a little problem with my sons. Uh, I have two older sons, you know, that I was worried about them and I was concerned. And and he wanted to give me love, and Michael too. And he put out his arms to us, and so we were as close as you could get. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> It doesn't get better than that. It does, doesn't get better than that. that. Is unbelievably wonderful. Yeah, and you know, uh, he also he also gave us a little exercise to do, which uh, you know, in the beginning, um, in the beginning of uh, gosh, the real apex of this first phase of the magisterial mission. Uh, we needed a boost, you know. We needed some uh, some real support, inspiration, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he gave us an exercise to do, and he did it with us. I can't remember if it was at this team meeting or another. I think it was probably at this one. Uh, what he said is, he said to to stretch out your hands in front of you as if you're receiving something, like a bowl or or a gift or something like that. You hold out your hands. You quiet yourself, calm yourself, deep breathing, and you visualize him filling your hands with golden light Mm. or or giving you a gift like a ball or something of golden light or touching your hands with this golden light. And you visualize this golden light uh, going all throughout your being, your, your physical, your emotional, your mental, your spiritual, all your being receiving this golden light from the Universal Father for whatever purposes you might need. And he, he, he's done that. You know, he's done that for us. Um, we have a variety of celestials that do a lot of other things, you know, with us and for us to really help us and, and give us a boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, the amazing thing is, guys, that they <clears throat> they share their love with us. They don't just come to talk to us and tell us about the religions and the and the teachings and things, but but they show how much they care and they show how much they love us and the world. We bless the world a lot, we pray a lot with them, but they show us their love for humanity, mm-hmm. and it's it's just an amazing thing. And and we know we know that this new worldwide religion. Um, 
you know, under the direction of <clears throat> Gabriel and under Mother Venus, are going to be infusing our hearts with love and not only that, but our minds with truth through Gabriel. So we're we're getting we're going to be getting a lot of love, <laughs> and, and that's so. <laughs> and that's great. You know, <laughs> the, when you're saying about reaching out with your hands, um, uh, uh-huh. I think about last year uh, at some point I was uh, lucky enough to get a ticket to a gospel, an amazing oh. gospel choir that was give, giving a show at Carnegie Hall. And oh, um, nice. I, I luckily got uh, down to the front of the, uh, it, uh, instead of uh, uh, seats that you had to sit wherever the ticket said, it was you could sit anywhere. And I saw uh-huh. a seat, oh, maybe eight rows from the, from the very beginning of the audience. So I sat very close. And the uh, the singers were brilliant, amazing, inspired, loving, loving uh, singers. And their gospel music was was terrific, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that a lot of members of the audience stood up during the course of this beautiful gospel music and put up their hands to the sky, oh. and and they just kept them there, and they and they were there for quite every almost every song they would get up, almost like a I get it, and I'm reaching out to the Lord, and and put up their hands, and it was very inspiring to see. Uh, I remember this one very elderly man. He had to be 95 years old. He had to uh-huh. be. Uh-huh. He was one of the people who stood up the longest uh-huh. <laughs> and had his hands reached up to the uh, to the, the ceiling of Carnegie Hall, and uh, uh-huh. at some point was singing along with the chorus. So uh-huh. I just wanted to, I wanted to share that with you guys. Thank you, Thank Nick. You. Yes, music brings love. It certainly does. Yes. Boy, does yeah. it ever? Uh, you guys know that for sure. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you, we have been inspired by, by the music, by the music that God brings us. Uh, Michael's writing these songs. You're writing songs, Nick. And, and you know that it's, it's the celestials or it's God's inspiration that, that, that comes to us to allow us to do this. So, yes, we're sharing love. That's right. On that, uh, on that note, uh, Michael and Diane, I would like to ask you a question. Is that sometimes uh-huh. when I have written music, I really feel as though some of this is coming not just from me, but I'm getting help. I, I sometimes oh, it's a very strong feeling. Do you feel that when you're composing? Michael, we'll let Michael answer because he's our composer. What, okay. How do you feel, Michael? Uh, well, of course. Of course. And, uh, you know, I have found, Nick, that um, I have found that there's not only – there's not only an an essence of their their presence and their love and their inspiration uh during the time that I'm receiving like a melody or music but the whole process my whole life as a musician my whole life as a composer the sequence of albums the the messages that are put together in albums the messages of the songs themselves uh, they enhance or are derived from my relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I, I see them working in my life uh, as you know, as me as singer songwriter. See them working in my life and guiding me and moving me through, uh, you know, not only the song creation process but how these songs fit in my life, how they fit in my ministry, uh, how they how they mirror the message that they want 
to get out to humanity. So there are so many different aspects of their involvement in my my music. But I'll tell you an interesting story uh, about you know their involvement in the music making process, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Now we want them. I, I hope. I would hope. I, I pray. I pray that every musician, every singer, songwriter, and composer. I pray that every one of them wants or or yearns for celestial help and intervention in their music creation process. That That's my prayer. Um, but there was one instance where uh, I was meditating one morning. I think it was on a weekend. I was meditating, and I had just begun because, you know, Hercules, Hercules was talking about meditation, and we were talking about meditation for wellness and, and things. So I really wanted to meditate that particular morning to really get myself together. Well, I started meditating, and uh, maybe about like 15 minutes in, everything was nice and clear, and my I was comfortable. My breathing was, was good. I felt like I was reaching to the divine. And all of a sudden, this melody starts coming into my head, this musical melody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I tried to really I tried to block it out of my mind to to <laughs> tell you the truth. Okay. I said no, I I'm, I'm meditating and I want to I want to relax. I want to finish <laughs> my meditation. This is great. Oh boy. Yeah. But the melody started coming stronger and more complete. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then I said, "Okay, just give me the melody and, you know, I'll I'll go on with my meditation." Well, then the chorus, that that melody was in the chorus, right? And then the words to the chorus started coming, right? And then the words to the rest of the song and the verses started coming. And then there was a voice that came to me saying, get up, get out of bed, go write down the melody. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Go write the, Before we're go write the song, absolutely. go write the song and do it. And interestingly enough, the song is called Open My Heart. Oh. And it's on my second album. So oh. what they what they kind of did was they they said, now is the time to receive this song, open your heart. <laughs> so I did, and you can hear it. It's on my second album. It's uh, Open My Heart. Absolutely, we'll do that. You know, some, t- some program, it would be good just to play that cut, that cut um, on one of the programs oh, coming yeah, up. Oh, yeah, we will. Definitely. Yeah. How does it go, Michael? Oh, it goes... Listen, oh listen, the Father will speak to your heart. He'll say that his love is forever, each moment, each day. He wants you to live in his love all your life. Living in the love of God, giving to the one who loves me, graciousness and caring, in all ways sharing my love with you. And that was the melody that came to me. Applause, applause, beautiful. (laughs) So we're talking about love. 
So so do you see do you see guys how how the celestials or whomever was just working in that moment with this radio program they were working with the theme that we're talking about all of a sudden the song pops up and the story comes into my head that's how they work yeah <laughs> wow wonderful story wonderful story and uh, what a beautiful song and a beautiful voice by the way <laughs> oh thanks yeah. thanks yeah. Yeah. It's I really have a hard. quote that may yeah, be go good ahead, go to ahead, follow please, that please. beautiful song. Um, it's a quote again from the Ranger book, and if, if I may read this, I think you, it would be a oh, fitting yeah. place to do it. Um, the myriads of planetary systems were all made to be eventually inhabited by many different types of intelligent creatures, beings who could know God, receive the divine affection, and love him in return. The universe of universes is the work of God and the dwelling place of his diverse creatures. Quote, God created the heavens and formed the earth. He established the universe and created this world not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited, unquote. Wow. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. You know, you can't pick a quote in the Rancher book and not read it and, 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 and feel something, right? Every single, it just goes on and on. The, 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 yeah. the quotes in the book are so amazing and such so layered, too, so very layered with beauty and meaning, right? I just, every time I read something like that, it really, <laughs> I have to oh, kind yeah. of, whoa, you know, you know I, I do that every time I read such a <laughs> quote because it really affects you. You know, I think, and, and it not only... It not only affects you, Nick, but it but it reminds you that uh, you know that that it's one of the m- the most important themes I think that that I have gotten from my two two plus times of reading the Rancher book from front to back <laughs> is that uh, each person, regardless of their religion, regardless of their station in life, their race their creed, their circumstances, each person has a personal relationship with God. Like like they say, the the planets were made to be inhabited. Each person has a special relationship with God. Like you were talking about that God created and we love God in return. And that's and that's that is one of the kernels in the worldwide religion of love. Yeah. The, the, the word religion in the worldwide, in Gabriel's worldwide religion of love, the word religion is, is not really the traditional type of word that you use when you're talking about what he's talking about. We think of religion as a set of beliefs, a social system for people who share the same beliefs, so on and so forth. You get locked into religion. You get dogmatic. It's not that. It's a personal religion. It's the personal relationship with Gabriel, with Venus, with the celestials, with God. So that's what they want. They want everyone to tune in to the love of Mother Venus and the truth of Gabriel Mm -hmm. in that religion. Yes, this is true. Uh, I was talking to one of my girlfriends, and I have a lot of Catholic girlfriends because Michael sings in a Catholic church, and we've made so many friends. And I told her, I said, well, 
we're we're going to bring out the worldwide religion of love. And she said, worldwide, oh, no, she says, that doesn't sound good. And I said, no, 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 it's not like a an organized religion like the others, I said. It's a personal religion of love. It's no, like Michael said, no matter what, what um, culture we are or who we are or what we have and what religion we have. You keep your own religion. This is a personal, personal connection with the gods and with our yeah. Heavenly Father. Yeah. So then she said, oh, she says, I, I get it. She said, I understand. I can can understand her concern But I think you've explained it very well And uh, that really does work So well That that a personal A personal uh, uh, Connection Deep connection With 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 uh, the the the, so, the source of love, God. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. God yeah. gives love. Mm-hmm. God creates and makes this beautiful system. God gives love, but we also give love in return. Just like in the song, right? Graciousness and caring, and always sharing my love, my personal love, with you, God. Yes. Yes. It's a beautiful thing when you see that we love him and he loves us. Yeah. It makes a, a beautiful connection. And that is the kernel, as Michael said, of, of, of this new worldwide religion of love. Um, it's not an organized religion like, you know, people uh, would think carrying the name. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's for everyone on a personal level, inner level. I have uh, one more quote that might oh, good. be good to, to put in, in right after what you just said, Diane, if I may. Uh-huh. I think it would follow real well. It's a quote. But remember my promise. When I am raised up, I will tarry with you for a season before I go to the Father. And even this night uh, will I make supplication to the Father that he strengthens each of you for that which you must now so soon pass through. I love you all with the love wherewith the Father loves me, and therefore should you henceforth love one another, even as I have loved you. Unquote. Very beautiful. Um, You know, I want to tell both of you, Hercules, you too, and Nick. um, Yes. When um, Gabriel first came to us, and he was in some team meetings, and, you know, we didn't think too much about it. He usually always sat in the very back, and sometimes we'd have, like, 22 celestials and, like, out in the backyard, and so he'd be quite a ways away from us, but he'd always raise his hand up, you know, that he wanted to speak. But uh, what has been interesting is now I have done this new picture of Gabriel, and I put it on the throne chair, and so I, I talked to him uh, just through the picture. I'm not talking about when I have meetings with him or anything. I just mean when I get up in the morning or I go to bed at night, I say, you know, thank you so much for everything you do for us in the world and everything. But But one time when I was doing this, he was telling me, because I was telling him, oh, I love you so much. You know, one would kind of, wouldn't you, Nick, kind of say that maybe? You, you know, bet. I love you and, and thank oh, you yeah. and I love you so much, you know. And he said, no, 
don't don't tell me that you love me. And I said, oh, how can this be? Because with the local universe father, I always told him I loved him, and I knew he loved me. And mm-hmm. I felt that there was no impotent, uh, impediment uh, with saying that or with feeling that way, because I really do. I love the local universe father more than anything in the whole world. I mean, I am in love with him, Nick and Hercules. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in love with him. But, get in uh, line, but, Diane. Get in <laughs> line because that line is getting longer and longer. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. It is. But, Believe uh, me, it is. Yeah. <laughs> but with with Gabriel, he says no. Uh, and this is what he told me. He said, he says, yes, I know you love the local universe, Father, and I know you love all the celestials. But he said, you've got to learn to love humanity now. Ah, uh, yes. Oh. He says, You've got to learn to love humanity now. He says, I know you have this love for me and for the local universe, Father. And I mean, I really do. I really do. But I I think that I lacked in this idea of loving humanity, and I think he was right. So he has been telling Michael and I Mm -hmm. every night to pray and send our love to humanity, mm-hmm. to every country in the world, yes. to every culture in the world, to every mm-hmm. person in the world. And and we have a we have I think Michael might have mentioned it, we have this stuffed world ball and it's fabric, you know, and stuffed. It, I bought it for our son when he was a little baby and we still have it. And we take that ball and we hold it up and we, hold we it pray together. at night. We hold it together. Yeah, oh, we wow. pray at night for humanity, for the world. And we put a white light around the globe and pray. But, you know, Gabriel was right. You know, I I think I'm so great because I know I love God so much. But I have to learn to love humanity, too, more. We all all need to do that even more, even more, and especially now. So that's an excellent, excellent idea. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, see, I, I don't think I have uh, any problem the, with the loving gods, but see, I've got to love humanity more. Yeah, what were you saying, Nick? Well, I just wanted to put in here that as Diane was, was describing you and her holding that, that, that ball of the, uh, the earth, mm-hmm. um, if you know a good photographer and someone who can do lighting, that would be an amazing picture. Well, we'll do it. Sure, we'll do it. That would be, you know, just a, a fairly close, fairly close yeah. with the, the the globe, and then you both, and enlightening it in we'll a very it. beautiful way, would be just a, a, almost a signature. As as you're describing it, I'm thinking that is powerful. Well, you know, it's interesting. We had one team meeting, and we have it. We have it recorded. And it, I don't think it's not videoed, but it is recorded. And we had a lot of celestials there. And Hercules, I want to tell you something. This okay. was a ceremony where all the celestials were blessing our globe. Wow. They first started at the one at the back where I don't remember which celestial it was at the very back that started it, but they had a globe that was probably about 12 inches in diameter, and they would pass it from one celestial to the next, pass it to the next, and each one of them would bless the world. Now, when they got back to the end, 
uh, there were two young girls, two angels. Now, you know, I have to be honest with you guys. I don't always see everything. But I saw these two little girl angels just as clearly as I can see Michael. They were the most beautiful little girls. They looked like teenagers. And their hair, this is the first time I've ever seen hair like this. It was down to their waist. Beautiful golden and red uh, light brown hair. And the two little girls got up, took the globe over to Michael. They had asked us to stand before we did this ceremony. So we were standing, actually, and the globe was moving on its own around. They would pass it, but it still was, you know, had its own. And then the little two little girls brought the globe over to Michael. And you remember that, Michael, oh, don't you? Yes, and Michael blessed the globe, and yeah, I blessed I the prayer. globe again. Yeah, uh-huh. Michael said a prayer for it. But, yes, we will do that. We certainly will do that. And uh, just to let you know that, that these celestials really care about our world. They really do. Yes, they do, and they've communicated that very uh, clearly uh, through uh, uh, both of you and uh um, all of us do try to live that love and uh, bless uh, humanity. Uh, so it's very encouraging and uh, very empowering uh, to hear uh, your words. Will you be able to write something on this? Oh, of course. We have the meeting. We have it all written down. When we have a meeting, Michael is sitting usually right there with a, a book, you know, a spiral with paper, and writes down the, the meeting and who speaks and wow. we and we also have it recorded too, so we we certainly can. We can send you the recording of yes. it, uh-huh. and we can send you the the written transcript. Now, now it's not Michael's oh, written transcripts oh, no, aren't that good. Oh, I can type it up. Yeah, because they're like they're my own version of shorthand that usually only I can read. Well, no, it's not that bad. His writing <laughs> isn't that bad. He, but it's just you know, it's 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 just our our own personal uh, record, you know, that we like to have a written transcript yeah, in we'll, addition uh, to You know, the, I can uh, I can type it up for you, Hercules. And, yeah. Uh, and what I'll do okay, is no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send no you an audio. As a, as of that you, meeting. Tonight, ideas were floating into my mind. So, unfortunately, uh, we only have a, a couple more minutes, so I can't talk about it now. But uh, I will be calling you this weekend and uh, sharing some of the things that were flooding into my head while you were talking uh, okay. And I'll give you a little bit more uh, background, but there's a very good time, uh, and I thought of another way we can get this information out there uh, to people. Yeah, thank you, Hercules. You know, there's another thing, uh, just really quickly, uh, there's another thing that Gabriel said to us uh, in addition to, uh, or no, it was, I'm sorry, it was the result of when Gabriel told us to pray for humanity every night it was it was a result of that um what i decided to do was i decided every morning when i woke up because we have a we have a tri-level home uh, i go upstairs and there's a sliding glass door that overlooks our big community it overlooks the mountains it overlooks uh, a lot of the major streets what i do because the worldwide religion of love under gabriel and venus Gabriel bringing truth, divine truth to our world, uh, Mother Venus infusing love in our hearts, love for each other, humanity, ourselves. What I do every morning is I will outstretch my hands to the world outside of my room, and I will say, God bless the world and everyone in it. May their hearts be filled with love 
and may their minds be filled with divine truth. Mm-hmm. That is beautiful and uh, awesome. I do something uh, similar. Um, I mm-hmm. acknowledge uh, the fact that uh, uh, I have received much uh, love and blessings from uh, the Olympians, uh, mm-hmm. and then I share the love in circles. You know, first it's my uh, loved ones. And that includes everybody from uh, my wife to our pets to our friends, you know, all our loved ones, uh, and then our communities, and then our uh, borough, and then our county, and then our state. And I visualize these circles, and I send out love and the feeling of blessings until it's encompassed everything. Uh, And uh, I go, like, from the universe to the multiverse, and I try to imagine this. It's mind-boggling. And then the all. And then I thank uh, Olympus for, uh, um, you know, having this uh, wonderful mission <laughs> to do this. So, well, Hercules, that is very special. Oh, that's very special. You really, you really take it further. You really uh, go the extra mile on that one. <laughs> you take it to the all. Yes, you take it to the all. How wonderful. The all. Beautiful. Let's see. It's the all is in all, and all is in the all, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> well, Nick, Nicholas, we're going to do a picture for you of Michael and I with that globe. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and that would be amazing. I, I just I just think that would be one of the signature still yeah. pictures that, that would really make a big difference. I just feel strongly as a designer, and when you were talking about that, I could see it. So anyhow, yeah. Yeah. very dim lighting and special lighting on you and on the the globe. Oh, uh, wow. that's, and and the, the the area around should be fairly dark. That's how I see it. Wow. wow. Well, you know, we have some regular um, globes that are not the the squishy one. You know, maybe I'll, I'll look around and see which would be better. You know, whether but we just use the squishy soft one. You know, when we go to bed. <laughs> and what a wonderful note. idea! Thank you. On that note, if everybody can kindly share their information. All right, Nick, why don't you go ahead first? Okay. The uh, well, Rancho book, of course, uh, a wonderful website would be U-R-A-N-T-I-A-B-O-O-K.org. That's an amazing website. And you can hear as well as read the entire Urantia book as part of that website. So that's excellent. Um, uh, so I would recommend that. Uh, for my personal email, you certainly may uh, contact me. That is N-I-C-K-N-Y-N-Y-1, that's the figure one, at gmail.com. And, Nick, awesome. you, have a couple, you have a couple of shows uh, on CERN Radio, yes? Oh, oh thank you Yes, of course. Uh, we've changed the title to Nick Curto Presents the Urantia Book, and the other one is Nick Curto Presents the Disclosure Network. And uh, they're both on the first and second Thursday from 9 to 10. Uh, that's uh, Eastern Standard Time. Oh, and uh, I've got some amazing guests coming up. Uh, also, I'm interviewing couples that uh, either oh. read the book together or one, oh. one person of the couple does and the other doesn't. And it's oh. all about the consideration of each other's beliefs. So I've been doing that pattern oh. also. That is That's so great. nice. Oh, Nick, you are so ambitious. Wow. Um, starting <laughs> this month, Nick has a third show launching. Oh, hey, how about that? Tell us, tell oh, us a yeah, little bit. Because I was telling um, Hercules that sometimes there's information coming down the line from amazing sources 
that I totally trust that doesn't really go into either the Rancher Book uh, podcast or even the Disclosure Network. It's other things that are going on, and I think that they're important. So um, we're going to have a show uh, talking about the – the, the the real news that's going on uh, and that most of the time the major media don't touch it. They don't go near it. And that's a shame because it needs to be uh, known about. So that's going to be the other show, be a news program. We'll come on uh, a few times during the course of the year. That sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, it I'm really very excited does. about it that. It's my a... interest. <laughs> well, oh, so well, much I'll, is... I'll give you a preview. I'll, I'll do an email and yeah. tell you a few things that uh, I've, I've got on the uh, right now uh, on the table. Oh. Okay. And uh, well, Michael and Dan. Yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot for being on, Nick. And uh, we we will pray for the continued success of your shows and your oh, new shows. Oh, we will. We will. You're and wonderful. Hercules, thank you for this wonderful opportunity over the years here oh, to to help so us much. express what the Celestials want us to express. We pray for the continued success of all of your work and your ministry thank and for Athena and your family. Absolutely. And I want to say that we have 78 videos now on our YouTube channel. It's Whoa. Mike. Yes, it's Michael, and Diane Duncan is the channel name. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L and A-N-D, Diane with two N's, D-U-N-K-I-N. That's our YouTube channel. With uh, We have Celestial Gatherings. We have Truth Talks from Gabriel now. We put up our first, first Truth Talk, uh, Truth Talk number three. And uh, we also have... Uh, we have an artist website for our albums, our four Urantia book albums, and that's CD Baby. And the artist page is Reverend Michael Duncan. Uh, we have four albums there. And you can contact us personally uh, on our email. And I hope you will all subscribe to our biweekly newsletter called Gabriel's Messages of Truth for All People. We put out Volume 1 last Sunday. Uh, volume two will be well two Sundays ago. Volume two will be coming up. So subscribe. It's Michael Duncan one at hotmail dot com. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to everybody. You're incredibly awesome. Um, I enjoy uh, being with you, even though we're sitting uh, uh, far apart from each other. And I look forward <laughs> to that next time. Um, and Michael and Dan, I'll give you a call this weekend. And Nick, I'll give you a call afterwards. Excellent. Thank you, everyone, for being so gracious. And don't forget, God is love. (laughs) There you go. Uh, God loves you, and so do we. (laughs) Much love to everyone. (laughs) You too, Nick. Thank you, everybody. And we're going to be back. And then we'll be back with Starfleet Adventures. Feel the powers of earth, sea, and sky of 
dragon and fairy and shades of the night Hear the call of our ancestors of blood and bone In the eye of the storm, your 
sea and sky of dragon and fairy in shades of the night. We call to our ancestors of blood and bone, of womb and tomb and standing stone. Lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carried when called. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. Oh lady, stir your cauldron well, chant your words and sing your spell. Deep within this darkened hall, hear the goddess carrot when called. Come and taste of the cauldron's brew and magic she will give to you. You will dance in the eye of the storm, your carrot wins children, the cauldron born. Honored to announce our next segment, Starfleet Adventures. Uh, today we have the Chandlers, Tina and Brian, and Thomas Punton, the Lionheart, uh, with us. Greetings and welcome, everybody. How are you doing? Greetings and welcome, Nancy or Hercules. Hi, uh, we have to invite the reverb. Uh, okay, anyway, we'll, we'll isolate it as we go on. Uh, so, all is well with you, Thomas? Were you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Okay. Uh, let me try to isolate where the echo is coming from, okay? Let me try me first. Okay. Okay. I don't have the echo. Okay. Next, I will try the uh, Chandler's. Hi, Hercules. Okay, um, the uh, 994 number is clear. Now let's try the 219 number. Brian, can you speak into the phone? Yes. Yeah. Who's, who's on the 209 number and who's on the 994 number? This is Tina. I'm on the 994 number. Who, uh, Brian, you're on the 999 number? Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on the 701 number. Okay, you're on the 701 Brian number. 994. Okay, let me try the 701 number. Uh, talk, um, comments talk, and let me talk before the reverberation. Who, me talk? 
Yes, I'm trying. I'm talking right now. Have no idea. Okay, well we'll proceed, and uh, uh, I couldn't isolate it on anybody's uh, line, so we'll see what we can do as the program progresses. Uh, anyway, welcome here. I'm glad that you're here. And uh, I guess we'll start by finding out how you're all uh, doing. So we'll start with uh, Thomas. Thomas, how is everything with you, I'm I'm doing quite well myself. I'm going to have quite the active uh, weekend here coming up. Yes, I posted the announcement. Would you care to share what you're doing? Uh, yes. Uh, on August 24th, Saturday, from 1 to 4 p.m. in Grand Forks at Ferguson Books, uh, the Order of the Aurora of the Spellage Tradition will be having divination lessons. We'll be doing the tarot cards, the ruins, and the pendulum. And you're welcome to come down and get a few good lessons, and hopefully you'll learn a few things. That sounds incredibly awesome. Brian, what is new with you? Same old, same old, just trying to pick up the pieces and whatnot. It's been kind of crazy around here the last few weeks. Yeah, I heard. I read your, your post. I'm sorry. Well, it happens, unfortunately, but, you know, what can you do at this point? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Tina, how are you? Uh, doing well, just as Brian says, we're just trying to hang on there with toes and teeth. Um, I wanted today to focus a little bit on the mutual storytelling we'll be doing. And uh, let me try something again. Okay. Um, In the Crestville Public Library, uh, we've had a role-playing game running now for uh, several years. And uh, what I did is I brought us back to outer space uh, so that we could do this uh, storyline uh, in the Pride of Olympus. So uh, we went back in time to the Greek uh, Bronze Age, the Age of Heroes, and we found some people with heroic potential who didn't make the myths and legends, and we whisked them off to uh, Venus. They were not aware that they were working on their planet. And uh, their task was to escort the three graces back to uh, one of the principal cities in Venus. And the Venus is inspired by Edgar Rice Burroughs' Venus, uh, but it, it wasn't exactly. It was inspired by it. It's not exactly a duplicate of his uh, Venus. So they lost the princesses initially. Then they got them back and rescued them. Uh, then they uh, uh, sacrificed the time crystal because they didn't understand what it was, so now they need to locate another uh, time crystal. Uh, and from what I remember, um, the pride is uh, in our space, as is the Odyssey. And uh, you told me that the Odyssey was monitoring the Earth to see what the Olympians are doing. So that's where I am in my head. Uh, would anyone care to update me or correct me? Uh, Brian, what was that you were coming up with? Yes, we have to keep the gods busy while you guys are doing what you're doing on Venus. Okay. Okay. And Thomas and I started up a little bit of a uh, discussion regarding our particular races and where they're coming from, too. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yes, we were were kind of comparing notes of our different races and getting to know each other a little bit better. 
Oh, that is awesome. Good. That's a very productive use of the time. Um, in the kids' role playing game, some of the things that are coming up are there. Are, there are other time travelers who we haven't uh, located, uh, but their doings are discernible uh, to those on the ship or familiar with time travel, not so much to the heroes. Uh, but there seems to be another presence here trying to meddle with the past. And uh, thus far, we haven't been able to uh, uh, identify it or isolate it. Okay. Brian, what's your favorite uh, thing about time travel? What, I swore when I became a Starfleet captain, I'd never get involved with one of these godforsaken paradoxes. This is my third. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fourth now. <laughs> yeah, fourth now. <laughs> well, good. We have a veteran on board of uh, <laughs> time travel. And time travel. what have you learned about each other? What have you learned about your races? Would you care to share it? Well, I was just particularly interested in uh, the Pridelanians, and I just kind of wanted to know exactly what they were kind of going along. I know that with uh, the Starfleet equipment that we have now, we'd probably be able to scan and find out everything about them from A to Z. But um, there was just a little bit more I wanted to get into it in depth. And it seems that, uh, Thomas, you were telling me that um, – you have reached out to other races and more or less been burned. So this is one reason why you're kind of a little bit of an isolationist in a way. Well, we are just a one little world kingdom and that's located in Nutrisol. if you know where Nimbus 3 is, that's if Pridelandia's star system is not that far away from there. But yes, oh, I reached out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and But yes, I've reached out and made relations with other neighbor, in, neighboring, uh, I like to call them kingdoms myself. And so that's why I was thinking about being an asset for this, my diplomacy experience, that because if we could find, you know, Paul or, or try to mingle with the others, that my diplomacy experience might help, well, let's just say not cause a conflict in all the history. And, um, my character, she is one of the triumvirates of her world. She is basically the keeper of the stars. Anybody, anything that has to do with the outside of the planet, she's responsible for. So who else better to negotiate any peace treaties or any uh, mutual uh, pact treaties would be this would be me. You're feeling out of my own heart. <laughs> I isolated where the reverberation is coming from. Yeah, it's coming from Brian's line. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you calling from the cell phone or the regular phone? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Because when I, when I muted the line, everything was clear. Uh-oh. Okay, oh, so there's sorry. our culprits. Can you guys share a line? Or? Oh, I'm actually well, not at right now. Yeah, oh, okay. he's not over, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll do our best. We'll get through this. We're all uh, uh, uh people, so we'll get through this. Um, okay, um, so that, those are very good uh, points. Brian, are you a human? Yes. And are, are, from what part of Earth are you from? Or are you from a colony? Florida, I pretty much use my 
real life circumstances to kind of mold my character around it. It was easier to keep up with that way. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Lionheart, because you yes. have uh, reached out and established relationships with many different uh, peoples and you've gotten burnt, uh, I will need to re- rely on your uh, diplomatic skills. Of course. I will do whatever you need for me. And are these uh, groups of uh, are these groups that have individuals in them, or are they individual expressions? I guess I didn't catch that. Individuals in what? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me mute the line for a second. Okay, are these uh, these other races that you've encountered? Are they uh, individuals, or are they groups of uh, people in our world? Well, the, oh, well, for mostly, it's been mostly like located in the galaxy and regions. I mean, our biggest ally is, of course, the Klingon Empire. I mean, okay. we've been always been good on lookout for the Romulans and all that during back in the day. But there's been also smaller kingdoms as well that I've reached out with as well. But in, in a course like this, going back in time, I mean, it would be, I mean, good strategy. And I remember that of one other time traveler named Emmett where I used to always set up like a night in shop in Greece and then help me go out with the people and get some information. I mean, he did it as a blacksmith. I could do it as some sort of province there in Greece. It still worked the same principle. <laughs> I started gathering resources uh, together. Of course, the, uh, the main storyline that we're going to be exploring with Starfleet is uh, um, what happened uh, during Homeworlds for Adonis. Uh, but I found that there are novels and Kindle books uh, with the uh, Department of uh, uh, Temporal Investigation. And uh, also there is a, there is a uh, group of DVDs on time travel in the Star Trek universe. So I'm wondering how much these could become uh, resources uh, for us in terms of uh, framing our, our stories. Do you guys want to go in that direction or skip it? That's a sticky wicket there. It depends on if they are familiar with um, Starfleet genre, the, the, the um, what is it our friend used to say, Trek, you are Trek the Trekking that we're Trekking. I okay. mean, if it sounds like way far to the right, they probably don't know anything about the technology and the technology that goes in, into it. Um So you just have to kind of read the story and go, okay, this sounds pretty good, or oh my gosh, were they high on this? Because there are a lot of stories out there. You read it and you're like, what What in in the goddess's name were they saying? Slightly more complicated than a simple slingshot around the sun. Yeah. Either very extremely complicated, that is no way it can happen. We just we had a friend of ours, um, um, uh, Jim uh, Jim Matthews. We called him our Scotty of our ship. I mean, this guy knew Trek in and out, back and forth. Uh, we'd say, read this, and he look and go, yeah, right. <laughs> so that's how we kind of knew that it was going on. But if he'd sit there and go, now wait a minute, this could work, and then next thing I know, he's like got this whole board full of temporal mechanics crap, and I'm like. Does it work? 
And Brian would have to say, Jim, Jim, does it work? Yes, then make it happen. There you go. Um, what I have so far is uh, I have two paperbacks. One is called uh, Forgotten History, and the other is called Watching the Clock. They're both by Christopher L. Bennett, uh, and they're part of the Department of Temporal Investigation series. Um, uh. There were... I believe three Kindle books. I got those. And uh, there's one book that kind of leads into it, uh, which I haven't, I don't have yet. And then there's a collection, Star Trek time travel fan collective. So I know that there are episodes and movies beyond uh, this, uh, especially, uh, you know, for both of them uh, have traveled back in time in the movies and the episodes. So, uh, as I'm wa- re-watching the episodes, uh, I'm compiling a list. Like a Star Trek Discovery, uh, that played a very prominent part in their second uh, season, uh, Time Travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're watching Enterprise, and there was already a temporal episode uh, in uh, Enterprise. So uh, these are going to be like recommended reading, and I'm going to extract very good information that we could share. So even if you don't want to mm-hmm. read the books, uh, there'll be just basically some bullet points, you know, for in, in term of our story. And uh, we might meet some of the people in the uh, um, Department of Temporal Investigations in the fiction, uh, but we don't have to, you know, it, it's just to make our experience richer because uh, the more information we can share, uh, the better um, it will be in terms of, uh, you know, the, the experience with the role play. That's what I think. Anyway, what do you guys think? It's always good to look at it, not only to um, – that one from Enterprise is a very good episode, by the way. <laughs> and yes, Discovery was. was really good, too. But Brian uh, – unfortunately, I've got to catch up with my Discovery. Brian was the one that watched it, and he was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. And I'm like, I'm watching kids. I can't watch this right now. <laughs> the only complaint um, that I was uh, that they tended to have long conversations during times of crisis. The ship's about to blow up and they're sharing feelings, uh, which I don't think would happen at that particular point in time. I liked uh, what they were exploring, what they were saying, but I think that their choice of times for going into this was kind of uh, off. And that's the only thing that uh, um, kind of broke my uh, um, suspension of disbelief, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Discovery. We watched both seasons, and I watched one of the interim episodes when they aired them. Mm, okay. Brian, was that your opinion too? That you said they were got a little wordy sometimes. What was that? Discovery. Dis- so discovery. What's that? Discovery, did they get a little wordy when they really didn't need to be worried? In spots. They tended to do a lot of dissertation when they really didn't have to. You know, it was all these long, drawn-out technical explanations of what was going on instead of going, okay, yeah, it's broke. We need to fix it. You know. So technobabble, but a lot of technobabble. A lot of unnecessary technobabble, but yes. There's also a game called Star Trek Chrono Trek. It's a card game that incorporates all the time travel uh, from all the seasons uh, up until uh, uh, the newer ones. It doesn't include the Kelvin universe. It doesn't include uh, 
um, Discovery, but it has every single uh, time travel uh, um, episode referenced in all the rest of the canon, and it's a simple card game, so uh, I'm going to be experimenting with that. That might be something we could have fun with as well. I'm going to try it out on the kids. Oh, that would be cool. There was also an expansion in... No, go ahead, Thomas. I'm sorry. There was also an expansion in Star Trek Online where you got to meet up with Daniels from Enterprise, who needed your help with some some things that were happening in the space-time continuum, and you actually go back in time to the point when we got to meet Savick for the first time in the original series, and they actually even play out... Yeah, they even play out the whole scene when they were in that that whole meeting with all the different races, and the one race was challenging Savick about his opinion and all that. And you have to work your way in to try to get get take out the the time traveler that's trying to alter history. It was quite interesting, and okay. it kind of felt honored to be back then. Oh, that is great! Wow. So maybe we can incorporate that. And can you write me something in an email, uh, Thomas, with links to how I could find out more? I can, and I can see if I can also find some videos on YouTube. I'm pretty sure someone's had to recorded it. Yeah, I'm sure also. Somebody had to have recorded it. And, and Hercules, I'm about ready to uh, uh, awaken a few memories of the past here. Do you remember okay. the old Star Trek uh, role-playing game with um, kind, of, kind of similar when it came out with uh, when D&D first came out? They came out the with uh, Star Trek. Yes. Yes. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you know it's fascinating. I'm, I'm you know it's fascinating. You see that because I met someone on Star Trek Online just recently that was this type of Orion that was only in that Star Trek uh, Star Trek roleplay. They're like their skin was kind of like an orangey color in a sense, instead of green. Yes. So that's interesting. You bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is. Well, I found it really fascinating. We saw that. So. I'm trying to track down some copies. I, I I I lost a lot of my Star Trek stuff over the years. I gave it away. I sold it, uh, you know, because uh, I hadn't gotten re-involved uh, with it until now. But I'm trying to track down the role-playing stuff, and uh, I found that there was a deep going on. And uh, I'm faster stuff too. Were you looking for stuff? I'm sorry? Were you looking for copies of the old FAFSA stuff? Yes. I actually have PDFs of all of that, literally everything FAFSA produced. Oh, wow. That is awesome. If you can, uh, let me know yeah, what you can do to send it over. I'll work on that. Yeah, there's a website. I'll have to look it up. It's on my computer somewhere that you can actually download all those from. Oh, that is awesome. The, the Marvel uh, Superheroes game from CSR has a community, too, and they have a lot of downloads as well. Cool. Okay, awesome. So do you guys want to incorporate things from FASA? Uh, and uh, right now, I believe Modifius has the Star Trek license, but it's also been out on D20, uh, and there were other Starfleet uh, variants were with Star Trek very thinly disguised, uh, they contain a richness of information we can uh, uh, incorporate. That sounds like a lot of fun, too. Yes, that would be quite interesting. 
And I've always mixed other things with my track, like uh, our earliest Star Trek role-playing games, which led to our doing things in conventions, uh, had Melmachians and Daleks and Wookiees and all sorts of stuff in it. And before we stopped doing the space game, which we restarted here in uh, Jersey, uh, our last two campaigns were Die Gungan Die and Wookiee Holocaust. So, you know, I've always mixed uh, things together. Wookiee Holocaust had uh, Goa'uld from uh, uh, Stargate and uh, the uh, um, the uh, Gungan served the Dark Lord. And, it, it was, yeah, again, it was a tongue-in-cheek. It was a lot of fun, and it had a lot of uh, science fiction. The Men in Black were helping Stargate Command. So, uh, how do you guys feel about mixing other science fiction fandoms into what we're doing? Hmm. I know. Well, uh, hmm. maybe elements of, but not directly taking the care or the races or whatever would be good. You know, okay. anything that could be incorporated kind of into like the Trekish thing and make it actually work rather than just going like off in left field with, you know, the Daleks and the Borg or something. Okay. That, that's, uh, Ooh, that'd be a fight I'd like to see. There was an eight issue comic that did merge uh, Doctor Who and Star Trek The Next Generation. I have it. Yes, it was. Oh, <laughs> well, <no. laughs> We had that pretty and as recently the Transformers, too. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, they, and the Green Lantern Corps and the Avengers and the X-Men, uh, there have been a lot of crossovers with uh, Star Trek. Yeah, the, the issue I have is, is where it's the Transformers and the, um, the original series that's based on the old Filmation anime series of the Star Trek. Uh-huh. It was, was nicely, just, I mean, the artwork's nicely done and everything. Oh, wow. I wasn't aware of that. Brian, what do you think? Well, like I said, if you could incorporate it into a kind of like a Trek universe sort of thing that would make it work instead of being too cheesy with it, it would be good. Okay. What, aside so the Admiral that runs around with a force lance from Andromeda. Shush, that's the top of that thing. <laughs> what is your favorite uh, science fiction franchise aside from Star Trek? Mine happens to be Stargate. Oh, wow. That's a good um, question because I watch everything. <laughs> me too. I have my varieties, but if you notice that I'm making a couple of references to it, it's first within Back to the Future, since I am one for time travel. Okay, Back to the Future. I've always been a big fan of Babylon 5. I love Babylon 5, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Battlestar, maybe. The reimagined or the original? Both. Okay, uh, I happen to like everything that you guys uh, mentioned. So how about if we find non-cheesy ways of integrating those things? That would work. And uh, I, I, 
have actually integrated uh, not Back to the Future, um, but uh, uh, the Battle Stars uh, and uh, also Babylon 5 uh, into our, our track stuff in the past. Yeah, well, B5 would be relatively easy. Have... Sorry, Brian, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say B5 would be relatively easy because it's technically supposed to be right around the same time period. You could just say right. it's a universe right. jump rather than a you know a temporal jump or whatever. You're very right, and there's, there's tons of stuff. Uh, role-playing games and books. I think I have everything at this point on Babylon uh, 5 in a box in the basement. So all I need to do is move it uh, two floors up. That would work. Um, okay, so that's easy to integrate into the timeline. So we bring on uh, the Vorlongs and the Shadows and uh, all the people that existed in that show too, or should we Star Trekize them? Oh, they'd probably be fine just as they are. You know, just use them as an advanced race, kind of like the Q or Trelane or something like that that's, you know, just more advanced than humans and kind of go from there. Okay, that sounds like a uh, plan. There was and, a Star Trek novel um, that was called Q Squared that pretty much established that Trelane was a Q. Yes. Yeah, that, that's not exactly considered canon. It was a good book, don't get me wrong, but oh, yeah. there's still speculation and the jury's out on that one. <laughs> Um, if and I'm going to start up a conversation right any uh, Star Trek con is yell, the range are going to kill you, and then just watch the fireworks. <laughs> I remember those arguments so well. Um, how about, uh, how would you suggest we integrate uh, Babylon 5? Uh, what I did was that the uh, uh, original Babylon, uh, the, the original uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica uh, and the Galactica 1980, um, they eventually reached the planet, and they set up a, uh, a civilization, and they called themselves the Galacticans. So that's how I uh, I had them, and they had statues of Adama and uh, Dr. Z in the town square. Uh, and uh, um, occasionally they meddled in people's affairs, uh, uh, but they were very attached to Earth and the children they left behind on Earth. And uh, I made that eventually into like the premise for one of our superhero uh, campaigns as well. Uh, Interesting uh, idea. And we can do something different. We don't have to do the same thing. Any suggestions? Well, it depends on how much you want to incorporate. A friend of mine and I were actually working on a Battlestar Galactica, the original Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers crossover. Oh, and awesome. we, we had it where Galactica, if you watch Buck Rogers, had actually come across one of the Stargates. And with the Cylons in pursuit, the Cylons decided they wanted the Stargate technology to get to Earth once they found out where it went to. And it ended up where Galactica and, of course, the the people of Earth, the Draconians, and everybody else had to work together against the Cylons. So maybe incorporate something like that where the Cylons are the big baddie and they team up with the Borg or something. I don't know. Just an idea. That sounds like a lot of fun. Did, did you publish that yet? I'm sorry? 
Did you publish that, like, on a fan fiction site? No, it's still in progress. We had it to work out. It was going to be like a five-part series. I can't wait to read it. Well, remember how I said about the the technology and the tech that we're trucking? Well, the person he's writing the book with is really into that, and he's also really into the politics part of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we we have a lot uh, we can work with, and uh, there there's a richness of information, um, and uh, we can definitely work with it, and we can definitely like integrate it into other uh, uh, projects. Uh, and it, it'll take a while until we actually see this uh, in a unified way, and we start uh, acting on it. Uh, but for now, if we just come up with what you guys are doing while the kids are having their adventures on the planet uh, and just like write a short uh, paragraph, uh, we'll start putting these paragraphs together and just have like an update uh, type of thing, which uh, uh, we could put on Facebook where we combine the two for now. And uh, I met with the library today and uh, we're going to have uh, a monthly uh, happening starting in uh, October and uh, part of it will be a retro sci-fi movie. Uh, part of it will be um, uh, cosmic spirituality or uh, uh, cosmic type of uh, uh, paranormal investigation. There'll be a talk. Uh, and then uh, part of it will be like a science fiction club, like a Star Trek uh, club with other genres in- included. So that's starting in October. Uh, so uh, at that point, uh, I intend on taking that back to the conventions and you know doing convention type of things. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, definitely it is. Really if, we could, if we could establish what we're doing in the interim, that'll add a whole other dimension to it because not everybody lives in uh, uh, New Jersey near metropolitan New York. Uh, but if we already build up our uh, uh, connection through Facebook and the podcast, that's another dimension people can enter and more people can play because uh, that part of it will be open to anybody with a computer or access to a computer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, are, will we start this off with like how we actually meet and kind of um, give ourselves to our designated assignments? Yes. How about we start there and everybody can... Uh, uh, can talk about that. Uh, we uh, basically uh, the story uh, line uh, from my end is that uh, uh, we uh, wanted to find out uh, what happened to Apollo and what happened to the Olympians in this particular uh, timeline uh, during the time of Next Generation, which is where all of your adventuring, if I'm correct. Okay. Okay, uh, we met with the USS Justice. That happened a few years ago in reality uh, here, and then they introduced us to the Admiralty, uh, which would be uh, Bob uh, Vossler and uh, Wayne uh, Augustine, which, uh, again, I've been communicating with, and uh, we established a relationship with the Challenger. Uh, So, uh, you know, basically uh, we're having those meetings when we got called uh, away uh, that there's some sort of temporal uh, problem uh, back in the Bronze Age. So uh, we excused ourselves from the negotiations and we went back to the to the Bronze Age. And that's in a nutshell, like a, a very brief outline of what's going on. So uh, okay. you guys can fit into the context of that. 
and uh, we can start uh, building on it. Okay. Okay. Do you think that's enough to work with, Brian? Yeah, I can expand on that just a little bit. We'll make it work. Okay. And back in the day, uh, when I first got involved with uh, uh, Star Trek, uh, I had a Klingon uh, club. And uh, um, what was happening back then, before people had uh, access to you know, a lot of personal computing and, and things like that, is uh, people wrote stories. So there were like a few editors uh, who were in charge of, they were like the dungeon masters, but everybody wrote out what they wanted to do, and that would get edited for the story because not everything fit into the you know the story elements. Uh, and then when the, the adventure was in, in chapters, you know, wherever you reach a certain milestone, that would get edited and published. And then the next installment, uh, you know, so it continued, uh, and it was a continuous adventure. And there were fanzines back then, uh, paper fanzines with uh, like uh, construction paper covers. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, there were any type of Star Trek, even Star Trek slash fiction, you know, was uh, circulating around through these, uh, um, you know, homemade periodicals. So I'm thinking of doing something like that, something retro. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot. Brian, we saw a lot of all that at the conventions. Yeah, I think I've a lot of those old fanzines like that somewhere floating around in storage that I've had for time immemorial. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw like some vendor selling one of the like one of the conventions here too. Yeah, a lot of people used to love those, and uh, also they used to cause a lot of uh, contention because they disagreed with the theories. Or so I remember those conversations very well. <laughs> Some people were picky about copyright. Yeah, it's a, it would be a fan, fan fit type of thing. And if we want to do something relevant, which is an option, uh, just like uh, uh, Twilight and uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey that was Twilight slash fiction, and they, they untwilighted it and made it into something different. Uh, we always have that option. We could just, uh, you know, basically... Uh, uh, rename and uh, retweak uh, some of the races um, of uh, aliens and uh, uh, the the space, and uh, we can, uh, you know, just basically uh, uh, put it out as original uh, fiction. Okay. Nothing well, else. Sorry, right, so that we, okay. we have a plan. Everybody here writes. I know that. So uh, we have writers. Does anybody illustrate? I'm not the greatest of artists, so I'll admit. Nope. <laughs> Brian? I can make the stick figures. I'm sorry, you, ha- you can make what? I said I can mess up stick figures. Okay, there we go. That's about where I am. So, so we'll have to find an illustrator. So we'll put out a call to the universe and, and get ourselves an illustrator. Um, okay, we covered a lot for today. Um, so uh, can you, let's brainstorm. Can you guys think of anything else we can add to that or something better than what we came up with? We'll start with Tina ladies first. Hmm. I can't think of anything right now. I mean, you've, you've gotten, you've given me and, and Brian and Thomas a lot to think about and a lot to incorporate here. So I'm already thinking of a few ways to go with this. I just got to get with Brian, and we just got to sit down and 
talk about if what we're saying, what we're going to be doing is going to work, because I have to go with what the Admiral says there. Okay. I can understand that. Admiral? Well, just going to take a little bit of brainstorming, laying some stuff out on paper in an outline format, and just kind of seeing how it all interconnects. A lot of good ideas. It's just a matter of making them mesh right. I agree. And uh, Lionheart? Well, it's common in the skill of Star Trek is if none else, you always improvise. You you work with what you got. So I'm sure enough I'm sure enough the three of us will come up with some, some plan. I know at least for me I have to be like some some inventions and gadgets that will help, you know, with the situation as well. Mm-hmm. To blend in, because especially when we have two cats that we might stick out. So I have a means of making us look kind of human. So we okay. blend in, if not. <laughs> kind of human. <laughs> How about you, Tina? Is your character kind of human too? Or? Well, it's humanoid, but there's like one one thing we've used is like a device that that does a holographic projection, so that would look human. Okay. So that you know, people not notice that I'm, I'm I'm a walking lion, but actually, but the the like it's basically like a hollow belt that would make a make myself look human. So then I would actually blend in with the populace. You wouldn't have to do that if you're visiting our ship. Our, our pets are on our ship uh, in Starfleet. That's okay, Starfleet International. Uh, so all of our pets, uh, living and no longer living, uh, are somewhere. Somewhere on the ship. So, <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. But if, but in case we have to go back in time and all that, you know, the blend in, then that's where that would come in handy. Well, if we're yes, around uh, the Bronze Age and we're hovering around Earth, uh, probably could stop off in Egypt and probably be looked upon as a personification of Bach. Yes. <laughs> or Techman, as it were. That'd be oh, one yeah. area. But now in ancient Greece, you knew, I think I'd stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's why this. That's why I can help you be fashioned properly. <laughs> well, there, there's a myth uh, from antiquity that uh, during the invasion of uh, Typhon, uh, the Olympians had to surrender Olympus, and they went to Egypt and they hid, uh, you know, behind animal masks. So uh, mm-hmm. the ancients believed that the Egyptian gods were actually the Olympians uh, in disguise. Hmm. So that's something we can play with uh, too, because uh, the Egyptians okay. might uh, might accept you in your uh, in the cat guys, and then the Olympians would uh, or the Greeks would accept you more in your human guys. But because they were in touch with Egypt, and because the gods walked among them, uh, seeing a, a cat or a lion-headed mortal would not be uh, traumatic or or uh, phenomenally surprising. Okay. You might actually get special treatment, you know, for being a visiting Egyptian deity. As long as they don't try to skin me and put me on an altar sacrifice, I'll be happy. (laughs) Or be forced to, or have to be forced to wrestle with a certain someone. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you guys ever see Mighty Max? Seen what? It's been ages ago cartoon Mighty Max, uh, they had an episode where uh, Hercules, uh, the character Norman, uh, he was Hercules and Thor and Samson and all sorts of other characters uh, uh, throughout history. Uh, 
and he was the old uh, champion, and he was training the new uh, champion. Uh, but uh, oh, it, yeah, it, okay. Yeah, he was Hercules, and every I don't know thousand years or or so, he had to fight uh, a, a lion-headed uh, titan, you know, in front of the Acropolis. So they did like an episode on that, uh, and uh, he defeated the lion, and the lion was then free. Uh, and didn't realize that everybody was scared of him because the line was trying to make friends <laughs> and interface Aww. with the modern Greek culture and it just didn't, didn't work out for him. Mm. Okay. So, okay, we could, we could draw from uh, those type of uh, pop cultural uh, things uh, too. So we have a, we have a wealth of uh, images and imagination. And, and again, we can keep it fanfic or we could evolve it into uh, something else. And uh, from what I've been reading and what I've been hearing from people on the podcast, a lot of uh, things that went on to become their own thing uh, started out as uh, fan fiction. And then at some point they would just change. So, yeah, there is that precedent. And as long as we're not copying anything, you know, exactly or, or too recognizably, um, you know, we can take our original content and, and, you know, modify it. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Now, Thomas, you go to conventions right now. Yes, I do. There's a couple of them that they hold here in Fargo, North Dakota, every year. Um, and do you do cosplay, or what type of things do you do in the uh, convention? I sometimes do cosplay. Um, I like recently. Um, there's the there's the Nintendo video game franchise Splatoon, and there's the they're basically play as a it's like a humanoid squid called the Inkling. And I actually cosplayed that in a, a couple of the conventions, and people loved it. They, were, they they liked what I looked like. But yeah, I mean, sometimes and then sometimes none else. I just do my I dress in my ritual attire, as well, and that seems to work just as much. Okay, awesome. Uh, Tina and Brian, do you go to uh, conventions also right now? Yeah, I think I remember oh, you yeah. saying people at a convention recently. Uh, we haven't been to one in. Uh, a couple of years last one we went to was Megaton. And what type of things were you guys doing? Uh, were we doing cosplay? Were we doing role playing? What type of things? Uh... Oh, it depends what we're doing at the time. Um, the thing is, if you go into uh, the convention, probably Thomas knows if he's cosplayed or if he's ever cosplayed at a convention. You can only go like a couple sets and then like. 100 people want to take pictures with you, and you go a couple more steps, right. and 100 people want it. it. doesn't matter if they've taken a picture of their stormtrooper five rows down. If they see another stormtrooper, they're going to want pictures of that stormtrooper as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's very true. I remember those days of uh, just wanting to take your picture uh, and uh, of uh, media coming and wanting to take your picture, and that, that, that was both fun and annoying at the same time. Especially if you're in armor or something like that, someone decides to smack you on top of the helmet. Yeah, yeah, people used to do things like that. And uh, um, I remember those days, and uh, those days lasted for over a decade. So so I had a lot of uh, fun uh, doing that. Um, All right, I I think we have more than enough uh, to start. And uh, um, what I will do is I will put little uh, more detailed summaries of the three uh, adventures that the kids have had so far. Uh, and I will put down uh, 
the activity that I've had with uh, Starfleet International, both in meeting the justice and in meeting the challenger and where we are and how, you know, basically, uh, um, you know, we're keeping our own ship. We're not going to take a Starfleet vessel uh, because it's not widely known that, uh, you know, we can travel uh, uh, through time and other dimensions. Uh, so okay. that's something we're keeping uh, secret. Uh, we've let you guys in on it, and uh, um, you know you're with us on this adventure. Uh, but uh, beyond that circle, uh, no one uh, during the next gen time knows that. Okay. Understood. Okay, awesome. Before we uh, leave for the night, um, uh, Thomas, would you care to share your contact information? Uh, yes, you can you can find me on Facebook, uh, Thomas Button. Uh, my email is tomwaterwitch at live dot com. Um, and then you can then of course then I also have a page for Simbaka Rafikin, which is if you look for Simbaka dot Rafikin on Facebook, you can find him, find me on there as well. Um, I also wanted to mention also when you brought up conventions, um, my uh, dear uh, sister Carlene Clark. Uh, we'll have a be vending at ValleyCon on October, I think it's October 19th and 20th in Fargo, North Dakota. And she just really, really just released a fantasy novel called Assassin's Gift. It's like a second one. She did a Rangers Homecoming. So she has a new one called Assassin's Gift, Lords of Drickledorn. You can get it on Amazon if you want to. But she'll be also vending there as well as she sells also a little D&D figurines that she can, you can paint on and all that. Yeah, yes, she'll yes. be selling those as well. Yeah, she'll be selling those. I'll be helping her vend all that. So I thought to give a shout out to her as well for that. She's my sister, right? It's only fair I do that. <laughs> that that is awesome. And if you could send me the information, uh, I will uh, put it up as part of our uh, promotion. And that goes for you too, uh, Tina and Brian. Um, if you have anything that you're announcing, I started posting these things. Uh, I, I sent an email, I believe, and it's if you let me know by the end of the month. Uh, for the next month coming up, I will get it up there at least once on the, the timeline and any other uh, venues where I'm advertising. Okay. And uh, Tina, how about you? What is your contact information? Um, well, you can get a hold of me at USS71832 at yahoo.com. That's my email address. Or you can get a hold of me um, through. Brian's website, uh, Thomas Cars and Stuff, and also um, if you want to get a hold of me on Facebook too, that's great too, just under Tina Chandler. Incredibly awesome. Brian? Uh, my email is nx71832 at AOL. That's the ship email. Um, the store page on Facebook is facebook.com slash Fort Myers Comics, and you can reach me through there. Uh, fantastically awesome. Thank you to everybody. Uh, despite the sound problems, we got a, a lot done today, uh, and I'm really looking forward to uh, continuing this adventure with you. I can't wait. Okay, until I'm next time. Bye. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you who are listening uh, joyous journeys and amazing adventures. for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. 
And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.